Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You should give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen is our Senate Florida Senate uh, President. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us as well. It is December the 5th, and on this day in 1933, the 21st Amendment of the U.S. Constitution was ratified, repealing the 18th Amendment and bringing an end to the era of national prohibition of alcohol in America. Utah became the 36th state to ratify the amendment, achieving the requisite three-fourths majority of state approval. The movement for prohibition of alcohol began in the early 19th century when Americans concerned about the adverse effect of drinking began to form temperance societies. By the late 19th century, these groups became very powerful and political force, uh, campaigning on the, on the state level and calling for national liquor abstinence. Several states outlawed the manufacture sale of alcohol within their own borders. In December 1917, the 18th Amendment prohibiting the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors or beverages purposes was passed by Congress and sent to the states for ratification. On January the 16th, 1919, the 18th Amendment was ratified by the states. Prohibition went into effect the next year on January the 17th, 1920. In the meantime, Congress passed the Volstead Act on October the 28th, 1919, over President Woodrow Wilson's veto. The Volstead Act provided for enforcement of prohibition, including the creation of a special prohibition unit of the Treasury Department. Remember Elliot Ness and the Untouchables? Its first, time, first six months, the unit destroyed thousands of illicit stills run by bootleggers. However, federal agents and police did little more than slow the flow of booze, and organized crime flourished in America. Large-scale bootleggers like Al Capone in Chicago built criminal empires out of illegal distribution efforts, and federal and state governments lost billions of dollars in tax revenue. In most urban areas, the individual consumption of alcohol was largely tolerated, and drinkers gathered at speakeasies, the prohibition-era term for saloons. Prohibition failing... Uh, fully to enforce sobriety and costing billions rapidly lost popular support in the early 30s. In 1933, the 21st Amendment of the Constitution was passed and ratified, ending national prohibition. After the repeal of the 18th Amendment, some states continued prohibition by maintaining statewide temperance laws. Uh, Mississippi, uh, the last dry state in the Union, ended prohibition in 1966. I recall going into uh, one state where I had to buy a, a membership into a club in order to uh, have a, a alcoholic drink, so an al adult beverage. So it was still maintained. That, I think that was in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. So Tulsa, Oklahoma is where it was, I believe. Anyhow, U.S. stock markets are closed lower yesterday. Hopefully this is just a pause in the rally we're having at the end of the year. Although futures are down right now, so we'll see how today turns out. Uh, former President Donald Trump promised voters that he would restore America in the greatest comeback in history during a rally in uh, Iowa on Saturday. 
Uh, Trump was attending the Commit to Caucus event in Cedar Rapids at a local community college where he spoke to hundreds of voters in the key primary state. The former president said it was time to fix the economy, close the southern border, crack down on Iran and China, and keep gender ideology out of schools. Rally just weeks before the January 15th Iowa caucus sets the tone for the primary season. It's going to be the greatest comeback in history. I'm not talking about a comeback politically because I don't care about that. It'll be the greatest comeback for our country, he said. Trump further described it as a righteous crusade that would liberate the American people from Biden and the criminals in the Biden administration. The uh, statement was met with thunderous applause and cheering from the audience. I would have been cheering, too. I think he's absolutely right about that. Trump addressed uh, foreign policy issues in Ukraine, China, Iran, and Israel. The October 7th uh, terror attack on Israel would never have happened under his administration because Iran was broke, and he would remain so if Biden hadn't, hadn't been elected. He said his administration's sanctions prevented Iran from having money to fund Hamas and Hezbollah. Trump maintains a big lead in Iowa polls at the caucus date approaches. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down, Trump said. It's a great uh, juxtaposition to uh, the other candidates. For example, Senate Republicans are concerned about former President Trump's viability in a general election. Now see Nikki Haley as the last best chance of denying Trump the GOP presidential nomination and averting what they see as a potential general election disaster. Oh, my goodness. GOP senators who don't support Trump acknowledge he could win the presidency given Biden's weak job approval ratings. But they view Haley as much more electable because she does not alienate independent and suburban women voters like Trump does. So how does that translate politically? Basically, they're saying uh, uh, she can be bought. (laughs) And, of course, Trump can't. And that's so frustrating to all these people who want to have sway uh, over the president and over policy. I'd like to see America, I'd like Trump to make America great again. I miss that four years and like to get it back. Well, Israeli forces have uncovered a staggering network of tunnels and bunkers belonging, belonging to Hamas during the ongoing Gaza ground operation. Since October 27th, they've uh, discovered and destroyed over 400 shafts out of the estimated 800, according to the military update. The underground infrastructure comparable in size to the New York subway system, has long been desired targets for Israeli airstrikes. To combat these hidden passages, the military has employed penetrating munitions and innovative mapping robots while introducing a gel that can be poured into the tunnels and detonated. These tunnel shafts were intentionally built in civilian areas, often in close proximity to schools, kindergartens, mosques, and playgrounds. Uh, This strategic placement inevitably raises concerns about the safety of innocent civilians residing or seeking refuge in these areas. You can see how much uh, Hamas cares about the citizens in in the Palestinian territory. Not at all. Despite continued efforts by the military, militants continue to rely on these tunnels for operational bases and to protect themselves from Israeli advances. The ongoing destruction of these tunnels has resulted in the loss of countless miles of essential routes. And by the way, Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu, the corruption trial is back on. He's been on trial since 2020 for charges of fraud, breach of trust, and bribery. He's accused of accepting expensive gifts in exchange for political favors. All that has been on pause, along with other cases, since Hamas launched its deadly attack. 
Now the trial is restarting after two months. Netanyahu denies any wrongdoing. Meanwhile, one poll found his approval rating in Israel is below 30%, with many Israelis blaming him for the security breach on October the 7th and not securing in the least of all the hostages. As Netanyahu's uh, woes continue, so does the war in Gaza. He uh, is facing a political right crisis at home that could see him out of office or in prison as he tries to navigate uh, the uh, vagaries of this war. That's so interesting. Well, Sultan Ahmad al-Jabbar, the president of this year's United Nations Climate Summit, said there is no science behind calls to eliminate fossil fuels to counter global warming, according to The Guardian. Now, just think about that for a moment. He's now the head. He's leading this uh, uh, cabal for the UN on the climate summit. He says there's no science behind uh, limiting fossil fuels. Uh, uh, Al-Jabbar said that getting rid of fossil fuels would not allow for sustainable economic growth unless you want to take the world back to the, to the cave, cave period. He made the remarks during an exchange with Barry Robinson, the chair of the Elders Group and a former UN special envoy for climate change during a uh, virtual event held on November the 21st. Despite Al-Jabbar's uh, comments and the appearance of political conflicts of interest, uh, he's using it for a place to make some exchanges and deals with regard to oil, <laughs> the guy he's overseeing has resulted in several major developments. For example, several of the world's developed countries, including the United States, pledged hundreds of millions of dollars combined in a de facto international climate reparations fund, and the American officials approved a new set of methane emissions regulations that could severely impact the domestic oil and gas industry. And John Kerry, of course, is over there. He's bloviating and uh, just uh, he's just uh, I don't think he's ever done anything productive for the United States. And he's over there trying to push this climate hoax. So uh, nevertheless, <laughs> the guy that's running it says it is a hoax. There's no science behind this. Unbelievable. Well, the Supreme Court is going to hear today in uh, and Moore versus the United States, one of the most important tax cases in recent history. The lawsuit, which could cost the United States trillions of dollars in revenue and validates big swaths of the current tax system and doom the possibility of a billionaire's tax, hinges on a couple suing the United States over, get this, $14,729. In 2018, due to changes in the tax law implemented in prior year, Charles and Kathleen Moore paid nearly $15,000 as a one-time reparation tax on profits held overseas. Now the Moores are suing the federal government, claiming they didn't receive any profit from their investment and therefore can't be taxed. Two lower courts have ruled against them. Now the Supreme Court will decide the fate of the U.S. tax code as we know it based on what exactly counts as income, specifically whether or not income has to be realized or received to be taxed under the 16th Amendment. And while the Moors contend that the tax they paid was unconstitutional, a lot of long-standing business rules would be swept away if they triumphed. So many, in fact, that former Republican Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, who's kind of a policy whack and he understands this stuff, who helped write the 2017 tax law by being challenged, said if the Moors win, it would effectively eliminate a third of the tax code. Sounds like a good thing to me. Experts worry that beyond upending the system and costing the taxpayers uh, dollars, a decision in favor of the Moors could also open the government to more litigation 
over the 2017 tax law, which the DOJ estimates would cost the United States $340 billion in tax revenue over the next decade. Over in the West Wing, President Biden favors the so-called billionaire's minimum tax to help lessen the federal deficit. Uh, but if uh, the Supreme Court rules for the Boers, any proposed tax on unrealized capital gains, which are the investments that, that make billionaires, well, billionaires, would be impossible. So t- stay tuned. This is so interesting. And a uh, big case. It's, of course, we're not going to get the results until they announce the results of all the cases, probably in, at the uh, beginning of June. Also, the Supreme Court uh, looked split on the $6 billion Sackler settlement. The Supreme Court uh, appeared torn uh, on oral arguments yesterday over a fate of a uh, settlement struck between Oxycontin maker Purdue Pharma's bankruptcy. The deal gives money to the victims of the opioid crisis by, but frees the Purdue-owning Sackler family from future liability, even though they didn't personally file for bankruptcy. Some justices probed the repercussions of the throwing out the settlement, which would leave victims back at square one. So this is another big case being looked at by the Supreme Court Sackler family. Uh, what they did to the American public and uh, this Oxycontin uh, problem is a big deal. But quite frankly, uh, it was the company that did the uh, owner's act, and I don't think they can hold uh, the justices can hold the fa- personal family uh, uh, responsible uh, for this. They could bring them in a different case, perhaps, but uh, I don't think that's uh, they could go after them, in my opinion. We'll see how this all turns out. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state Senate president. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. 
Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, a limited government, and the rule of law. Uh, Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen is our state senate president. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. I can't help but ask you, though, uh, Florida State was left out of the Final Four for the uh, playoffs for football, college football. I imagine that's uh, you're talking about that up in Tallahassee? Uh, absolutely. In fact, that's all anybody talked about yesterday. Um, <laughs> you know, from every legislator, no matter which, which school they support, um, is shocked, yeah. dismayed. We have uh, several, I think, from Rick Scott to uh, other uh, members of Congress are have requested information and, and how they figured it out. You know, honestly, I, I, it's just as a lay person, yeah, it makes no sense. Right, and to say that a third-string uh, quarterback is not good enough, right, after he won that game, it, it's it, you know, it just denigrates the whole sport. Not it's only terrible. won the game, but but won the game for the league championship. I mean, it's it's it, it's, it's very. I would be wouldn't be surprised if they do some congressional investigations. I know one of the uh, members of Congress uh, said he thought this was all about money and about power and about. I mean, you know that that should should have no. Uh, place in college sports. No, I couldn't agree more. Anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts, and thanks for sharing that. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, the uh, uh, court uh, uphold, upheld the uh, Florida's uh, congressional map, reversing a couple of lower decisions. <laughs> I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, the, um, the Leon County <coughs> Circuit Court held that the, the map that stretched from East Coast to the West Coast pretty much mm-hmm. uh, was... Um, unconstitutional, uh, denied black voters the opportunity to elect a candidate of their choice. Um, and uh, w- we appealed it, and the uh, District uh, Court of Appeals um, upheld the map, said that, you know, it's constitutional. Uh, and so now it's going straight to the Supreme Court. And there's a there's an issue, though, in timing. It has to get to the Supreme Court, that, that order being appealed by uh, those <clears throat> against the map. <laughs> because we have to get it done right. before the next election, and I and I feel pretty uh, confident that the court will uphold the the map that the uh, governor that we drew uh, with uh, the governor's input. So, I mean, Kathleen, is there anything in the state constitution that talks about the color of the voter? <laughs> no, well, it's minority. No, it's a you know minority access issues, um, but. You know, the the problem is that district is so large, yeah. and they're, in order to 
they have to actually have to gerrymander it, it, it if they it, to get accomplish what uh, those people who said it's unconstitutional uh, would do. And that's the that original map was uh, drawn by the courts, and it was frankly, I think it was um, totally convoluted. And what we came up with made a lot more sense. Well, thanks for that. I, I think it makes a lot more sense as well. Uh, the other issue that is that uh, Christian Ziegler is the uh, Florida chairman of the uh, GOP, and he's now been caught up in some sort of a, 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 a sexual assault situation or something like that. That's a menage a trois, apparently. Ah, so in <laughs> any event, uh, I, I just want to get your thoughts on this whole thing and, and what you think he should be doing. Well, I think he should resign. Mm-hmm. And um, I know there are several um, several members um have said, well, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, I get that, but it's such a distraction. And the fact that <clears throat> um, it, that's a criminal charge, but there's also the issue, uh, he acknowledged the relationship. Um, you know, he's a married man with two kids. And, and I look at it this way. He's got two beautiful uh, kids. I think they're like eight and ten, something like that. This is going to impact them greatly if it continues. Uh, and that's not right. And the governor has already re- um, asked that he resign. I support the governor's request. The governor is the head of the Republican Party of Florida as our governor. And both the speaker and I uh, are supporting uh, the governor's request. And so are so many of our um, colleagues up here find the whole thing distasteful. Well, it's distasteful. But the other thing, too, is that it's, this is not a matter of uh, whether he's guilty or not. This is a matter of the distraction to the Republican exactly. Party at a key exactly. time. It seems to me he should resign just by saying, look, I'm innocent and I'll prove it in court. In the meantime, I'm going to step aside so it's not a distraction. Exactly. For, for exactly. The because we have a lot going on and this is what his whole focus is going to be. And nobody, you know, we've got the presidential preference primary coming up and, and, and a very it, it's quickly. Um, and it, it, it is a huge distraction. It is indeed. Well, thanks for that. And also, uh, Governor DeSantis is going to be on Marco Island this yeah, morning. At I night. know. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I would be there, but I'm here in Tallahassee. So uh, hopefully you have some good weather. It's cold up here. It's. Uh, I think it's going to be. It's, it's pretty nice here. <laughs> Sorry to hear it's cold there. But yeah. uh, how's everything going in Tallahassee? Everything is, is going really well. Um, you know, we're in, in committee weeks. We have two more committee weeks before session starts the second week in January. So um, lots going on. Uh, the bills that I have been supporting and working on are we're spending a lot of time on, and, and we'll get them in good shape. We're going to file at the end of this week our Live Healthy initiative. Um, and so stay tuned for that. It's, it's really uh, a robust bill. I'm really proud of it. Oh, that's great. Again, Kathleen Passanova, our state Senate president. I just genuinely appreciate your time here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen, former radio personality in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. 
Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center is now serving dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., and the food is just fabulous, and it's inexpensive. It's great value. Don't need a reservation. You can just go to Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Wednesdays through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Boo Mortensen, former radio personality in Madison, Wisconsin, and now resident here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, Bob. It's always uh, delicious to live down here. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I um, just came back from Disney for, with uh, my family for three days. I have two words for Disney. Exhausting. And expensive. <laughs> I know it's expensive. I, I've talked to people that have spent over ten thousand dollars on a three-day trip up to Disney with with family. It's unbelievable. So, as I understand it, oh my heavens! Well, I almost think ten thousand is a drop in the bucket. I mean, I don't. Maybe they didn't stay on the grounds, but it's wonderful. It's <laughs> it's everything you want it to be. But holy Toledo, boy, I'll tell you, the credit card is burning up in Disney. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you want to comment on this, but I also read that apparently uh, there aren't enough bathrooms there <laughs> in the Disney property. Uh, no, that I disagree with. I'll tell you what they don't have enough of, which uh-huh. they do. But um, it seems that, you know, there are elderly people that go, and it's a lot of walking. It's a big park, so they need a scooter. I get that. There are people that have physical issues. They need a scooter to get around. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I, I know you know what I'm leading up to. But the the amount, the staggering amount of people that are morbidly obese mm. that are riding around in scooters, I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't ride around in scooters. I'm making a comment on 
you can kind of see why our healthcare system is absolutely in a shambles because so many people, when you get to that point where you are morbidly obese, they've got heart disease, they've got vascular disease, yeah. they've got diabetes, they've got high blood pressure. And honestly, there were some people, I don't know how they get off the scooter and get onto a ride. I don't think they can. Yeah, no, it's, it is amazing indeed. But, uh, yeah, there's a there's a, a obesity epidemic in the United States. There's no question about that. And uh, unless we get that under control, we're going to continue to see uh, costs of healthcare escalate. I don't see how you're going to get it under control. I almost thought maybe they ought to have stands selling a Zimpac, uh, you know, scattered around Disney and say, you know, free pills. Uh, obviously, you can't do that. Yeah. But uh, holy Toledo, it's. It's, it takes your breath away. There's so much of it. It takes your breath away. So did your family enjoy the trip? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yes. We ran around. We went on zillions of rides. We walked 10 to 12 miles a day. Wow. So that's why I say it was exhausting. I came home and I thought, maybe I'm too old to, get, to do the pace that we do it in. I mean... We're almost in a dead run all the time, and you know we're standing up and we're go go go. And yeah. anyway, it was great. But enough of that. What so did, this is pardon. No, I was just going to ask you about world affairs and get your thoughts. Well, okay, this is what I'm starting to pick up in the news and in conversations with everybody. Does do Americans? Does the West? Do we have a double standard for what we're doing? And what we're paying for in Ukraine versus Gaza? Hmm. Uh, say more. What, what, are the, what are your observations there? Well, you know, both, both of these wars, there is massive amounts of human suffering, civilian suffering. So that's the, that's the similarity. But is there a polarization over who is to blame mm -hmm. for the wars? And... How much do we subsidize each country? In fact, the front of the Wall Street Journal this morning says the White House warns funding for Ukraine is to run out in weeks. Right. Uh, is that because of what we're doing in Gaza and that we've been in the Ukraine war uh, for going on now close to two years? Yeah. And it's kind of like no mas. I think a lot of folks are asking the question about why are we in Ukraine in the first place? And I think right now we have the keepers of the purse here in the United States, which is the House of Representatives. We've got a new Speaker of the House, and I think he's reticent to make any kind of commitments. It's got to be a standalone bill. Now, what Biden is asking for is a bill that will encompass not only funding for Israel, but also Ukraine and our border and some other things. And he's saying, no, that's not the way it's going to work. The way it's going to work is you're going to have individual bills on each issue, which, frankly, I definitely support. Uh, not that I don't pa support passing a bill. I just support having individual bills so uh, they can be discussed in Congress and voted on individually as opposed to a, a group. That would be my well, thought. Well, yeah, Biden has just asked for $106 billion yeah. in supplemental spending, but he needs the Republican votes. The Republicans want to reduce <laughs> the issue of the flood of migrants coming across the border, and right. they need the uh, Democratic votes. So that you need a compromise, I say fat chance. Yeah, and the, the well, the other thing, of course, is no matter matter how much money 
we throw at the border. You can fund whatever you want, but if Biden's going to use it as a welcome wagon for the uh, illegal immigrants coming in, I mean, he's got to change his attitude. And uh, the it doesn't need it doesn't need money. All he has to do is enforce the law as it presently stands and and keep illegal immigrants out until they go through a process to gain uh, access to the United States. Well, do you think that we should, uh, on a different note, do you think we should pull out of Ukraine? Do you think we should say, okay, we've given enough money, we've done what we can. If Russia takes it over, <laughs> so be it. Do you think we're giving a green light to China to go into Taiwan? They're all tied together. Are they? Aren't they? Yeah, a <clears throat> complicated issue, but in my opinion, uh, we should have, it's a regional conflict in Ukraine and and Russia. That we've always made, put Russia Put a black hat on the on uh, Putin and that kind of thing. I mean, it's since the Democrats it, since 2016, even before that, uh, it's always been Putin, Putin, Putin. <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, Z- Zelensky, as I understand it, he's over in uh, uh, the UAE, <clears throat> United Arab, Arab uh, Emirates, and uh, money—they're running out of money. He's got—he's bought a couple of yachts, as I understand it. I mean, there's so much graft and corruption going on in that entire thing. Anyhow, there's absolutely no accountability for the billions of dollars we've poured into the Ukraine yet, uh, and, uh, and nevertheless, they're asking for more, more, more. So, to me, the whole thing is extremely suspicious and very suspect. And, and quite frankly, I don't—I don't, I don't uh, support funding anything more until we get a complete accountability of. Uh, accounting of what's happened so far. Well, I agree with you, but I <clears throat> I don't see that that's going to happen. No, it's not. And, and because it, I think a, a complete accounting of what's happened would uh, shed light on all the corruption that's gone on, quite frankly. So uh, it's, it's a complicated issue, but f- really our focus needs to be on securing our own border, not worrying about what's happening in Ukraine. I totally agree, but I, you know, I also don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not closing the doors. No, as you said, it should be a wall with a door in it. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how this is all going to happen. It doesn't bode well. And don't you just sort of have a sense that with all these migrants coming in and all these cells coming in that. There are a lot of cells that are up to no good, and you're almost waiting. We're collectively waiting for the other shoe to drop. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Boo, uh, we have uh, we have allowed ourselves to be uh, uh, we, predators that have now come to the United States. They're having sleeper cells. I'm sure with uh, uh, the uh, jihadists, people are coming here. They up to no good, and frankly, we're going to pay a price for that. And it's not necessarily money. It's going to be a price in terms of human lives and uh, the bad things that can happen as a consequence. Not all the people that are coming into the United States are bad, but maybe only 2%. But 2% of 10 million folks, that's a lot of folks. <laughs> and a lot of bad guys. A lot of bad guys. And uh, it doesn't take many bad guys to make really bad things happen. Not in this day and age. No, boo. But uh, nevertheless... Uh, Life goes on, and uh, hopefully the American people are waking up to what's happening right now. And uh, somehow, some way, we need to get our country back because it, right now we have the political elite going their own way without any regard to how the American people feel and think. You know, but we're so polarized with politics. We're polarized with these bo- uh, wars that are going on. And, you know, when you have a conversation about Ukraine or you have a conversation about what's going on in Gaza— you always say, well, what side are you on? 
Well, at least in Gaza, you can't say you have to say we're human. You know, we're for humanity. Life is valuable, right. whether it's the Israeli life or the Palestinian life or the life in the Ukraine. It's all about humanity yeah. and taking the doing the right thing. Well, one thing we've learned over the course of history is that human beings just don't get along very well. <laughs> And it's no, we're territorial. Very territorial. Boo Morts, and it's always a pleasure to get your commentary and thoughts on what's going on. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right, thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with uh, Seat Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. And a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Has some great performances coming up. You can get tickets and find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Hey, you wrote a great piece. Government is good at nothing. Stop having it do everything. Boy, that <laughs> I love the title. Never mind, just all the content was great. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, it's just the, the, the perpetual conversation in 
anything having to do with government, federal, state, local, is should should the government do X? There's a great there's a great meme that's out there. It's it's uh, Batman and Robin, and Robin says should government, and then it's Batman slapping Robin, and he says no. Should government <laughs> no? Um, and the, the the conversation always is should the government do this new thing? And it's always done in a vacuum, and like. It's a novel idea to have the government do something. Right. Well, we have a very long track record of the government trying to do things, and it's awful at all of them. Um, I, I, I start in the piece, I say, the government is almost $34 trillion in debt. Stop right there. That alone should disqualify them from doing anything ever again. Right. The fact that they're $34 trillion in debt, I, I said, if, it, if the U.S. were a business, and, so, and somebody came to you and was running this business and said, I'd like you to invest in this business. I'm running a, a hundred, uh, I'm a, my, my amassed debt is 130% of my entire business's value. And I'm adding 10% to that every year. You wouldn't, not only would you not invest, you'd tell them to declare bankruptcy immediately and get out. And that's the U.S. The U.S. Yeah. $34 trillion in debt. The economy is only $20 trillion. Um, and the, the debt's skyrocketing, as we know, with, with the increased interest payments because of the increased interest rates. So that, for that reason alone, you go, no, you can't do anything. No, stop. Just stop. Go away. Leave us alone. Absolutely. Well, then, of course, you ha- then of course you're $100-plus trillion short on Medicare and Social Security because the, the government decided to go into the retirement business and and the health care for old people business. Right. And nobody says anything about that. So the government decides to go into, hey, let's do, let's do health care for poor people, yeah. Medicaid. Right. Well, that's trillions of dollars short. And nobody says anything when they say, okay, let's do health care for everybody, Obamacare. Yeah. And as we know, that's been an utter disaster. And it's just again, when we had the Obamacare discussion, why wasn't the fundamental question asked during that debate? Well, you do old people and you do poor people, and you're you destroyed both. So how about we not have you do it for everybody? <laughs> That's right. That never came up. Well, um, here's that, the, here's the other thing too. I mean, most businesses, if you run a business well, you're concerned about your customers and what they think and what might be their appetite for the products you're providing. Right now, our government doesn't seem to care what the constituents and what the voters think. They just go on about their business. And the other observation I'll make is they're less concerned about the business plan in order to make things work than they are the ribbon cutting. They want to announce something and then they just disappear and just hope it happens well. It doesn't. There's no plan in order to implement it. And, and, and we've watched Obamacare make things worse for 15 years now. There have been no adjustments to it. Right. Um, we tried to repeal it, and, and if people don't remember this, John McCain, Republican Arizona senator, voted against repeal and said on the Senate floor, let's see him try to make America great again now. Yeah. Because he was a jackass. Uh, I know you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but come on. He was. But anyway, we don't we don't we don't adjust anything. So you know, we, we keep having these hearings. The the, the hundred plus trillion dollars I cited on Medicare and social on, and social security was written in twenty twenty by a, a Senate staffer who I know decently. He's, he's I mean he's a good guy. I, I I know him a little bit, 
and it's only gone up from there. And he, he, you know, again, he comes to he writes a report for the Senate that says, "Hey, these programs are a hundred trillion dollars short." And instead of setting D.C. on fire and them rushing to address this problem, has anything been done in the subsequent three years? No. No. Has anybody even talked about it in the subsequent three years? No. We have, we have a bureaucrat from the Federal Communications Commission <clears throat> testifying last week in front of Congress, talking about, we've got to regulate the Internet. We have to take over the Internet and regulate the Internet. No, you guys suck at everything. Stop. <laughs> Just, no. And, and again, even the Republicans talk about this in a vacuum. Yes, it's, it's important to point out that without these regulations, the Internet has become the greatest economic engine in the last century plus. Right. That, yes, that's very important to point out. But also, why don't, while you're there, don't you think it bolsters your argument to say, Hey, you guys tried to do X and you screwed it up. You tried to do Y and you screwed it up. You tried to do Z and you and just go through the litany and say, "How about you guys get a little humility because you stink at everything and stop trying to add to your portfolio?" No question about it. And right right now, as you've said many times, uh, the internet is a uh, Xanadu is a marketing Xanadu. It's a, it's free market Xanadu. We don't need yeah. any regulation anymore. Re well, we do need regulation in some aspects, but certainly not the type of, of regulation. Not, not what they're doing, which is they're basically taking monopoly law right. that, was, that was written to regulate monopolies and applying it to the Internet, which, as we know, is not a monopoly. You've got hardline broadband providers. You've got wireless. God, everybody has access to the Internet for almost a decade now because of cell phones. Um, you got satellite. It's not it, the, the the regulatory scheme they're about to impose is going to make it look like a monopoly when when everybody closes up shop because of the regulations. It doesn't look like one now. No, it just certainly doesn't. Hey, before I let you go, uh, you heard about this uh, former U.S. diplomat that was arrested because uh, he was supporting Cuba and sharing secrets with Cuba. Manuel Roca is his name. Seventy-three. Yes. You heard about this. The question I have is: I wonder if he's done as much damage to uh, as uh, President Biden has done in terms of selling. No, I mean this is absurd. <laughs> it's, it, it, this is like you know, Cuba is is a non-factor on the planet Earth. Right. I mean, yes, it's bad to be selling to Cuba, but they don't have their Soviet backers anymore. And it's like saying, "Hey, you were helping Venezuela." Well, who cares? It's it's a it's a blip on the planetary radar. Meanwhile, Comer, Republican uh, James Comer, just came out with actual bank receipts of monthly payments to Joe Biden right. from Hunter Biden from the account Hunter Biden was getting money from Communist China, which, by the way, has a little more influence on the planet than Cuba does. Yeah. So again, they're they're arresting somebody on some ir irrelevant traffic violation to hide the fact that they're committing murder. Exactly. Yes. I mean, talk about a double standard. It's just unbelievable. Seton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Seton Miley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, thank you so much for your commentary here on the show. Appreciate it. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and know the policies. They help prepare elected officials to serve in office. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden, not only my beautiful wife, but also so well-informed about what's happening locally and around the globe. Honey, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Good morning. You know, um, we had the best dinner at Lulubee's last week. <clears throat> we did. And my wedge salad was like the best I've ever had. And I'm on the I'm on the prowl for the best wedge salad in um, Naples. And so far, so good. I think Lulubee's has won so far. Lulubee's is winning again. Now, just reminding our listeners, Wednesday through Saturday, uh, four to eight p.m. Great dinner at the chef does a fantastic job. So uh, I understand, uh, you know, uh, the whole thing about what's happened with regard to the pandemic and uh, the vaccine and all that has been very suspicious. I understand uh, Dr. Malone has uh, kind of spilled the beans in terms of what's happened uh, in, in London. Well, he's he's uh, testifying before, uh, I don't remember what the, the organization was in London, but it's before, uh, you know, politicians, lawmakers, whatever. He and uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, who's an oncologist from the um, northwest part of the country who has discovered um, and, and so disturbed by turbo cancers that have surfaced since this COVID vaccine came out. Anyway, um, I was listening to his pre- uh, Dr. Malone's presentation this morning. Uh, first thing out of the box, uh, and I wish we could share it with everyone because it was so amazing. It was so amazing to hear him talk in in 
the, the, uh, just a, a few minutes about um, how we were lied to with the COVID vaccine and, and the fact that they were, they were pushing this on people with the, with the lies that there were like 3.35% of deaths that like, remember I told you when the COVID thing first hit, I'm going, how could this be so, so bad? People aren't dying in the streets. And that's what he's saying. People weren't dying in the streets, yet they were trying to portray that people were dying in the streets. When in fact the death rate was 0.02% of the entire population. And you know, and two, what uh, what I'd like to see is more transparency around the number of people who've uh, died or had uh, disabilities or problems because of the vaccine. Well, well, that that is just an, another topic that's that's just so scary because how many people do we know that that suddenly died? And isn't that the isn't that the uh, the title of Edward Dowd's book about suddenly dead or whatever? Um, all of a sudden, they get these pancreatic cancers or, or horrible uh, neurological diseases that absolutely debilitate people, and they're suddenly dead. And that didn't happen before. And, and, and oh, by the way, <clears throat> Pfizer and Moderna are fighting tooth and nail to keep that, uh, all that vaccine um, information hidden. Oh, by the way, didn't Naomi Wolf um, help to unpack all this information, which Pfizer wanted to keep uh, hidden for 75 years until all the people they wanted dead to be dead. One, one great thing that's happening right now, I think, is the fact that Ken Paxton, who's the attorney general for Texas, is now suing Pfizer for, uh, number one, uh, not full disclosure in terms of what's happening and keeping information from the American public, but also using social media and uh, pressure in order to keep people from telling the truth about what's going on. Well, they've 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 discovered that that um, Pfizer screwed up mm-hmm. and 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 they they messed with the vaccine, and so now that they and I can't remember the the name that they used to, to say that they they messed with the vaccine that it wasn't all it said it could be that provided the opportunity for Ken Baxton to sue. Because before that, there was some law that was brought into the books when, when Reagan was, was president, I believe, or whatever, where, where um, all these pharmaceutical companies could not be sued for screwing up uh, vaccines. I think Ken Paxton is a hero, and it shows, without a shadow of a doubt, how, um, why uh, the people were behind him getting impeached because they didn't want him to do what he's doing right now. Exactly. Well, the, the law you're referring to is a law that uh, protects pharmaceutical companies for being sued for vaccines uh, and not having liability for that because of, they're doing a public service and so forth. And especially, I guess it's mainly for kids, uh, vaccines for kids. But if, in, in fact, if you're recommending these vaccines for uh, adult population and kids, it applies there too. Point being is they they should be liable and they should be held liable. And Ken Paxton is, uh, is basically doing that for the people in Texas. I'd like to see more attorney generals across the United States get on board with this. Well, Missouri is is one of them who's 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 helping out with this, and I, I don't know who else is, but yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Teresa Severs, who the the doctor, the holistic doctor, who was murdered by her husband uh, in Bonita Springs, um, not all that many years ago. I wish she could see what's going on right now because she was a big she was a big anti vaccine uh, person, and she wrote an article for. Uh, I, I don't remember what magazine, but she says, D- 
don't don't take this stuff. You don't know what's in it. And she listed the the ingredients for the flu vaccine, yeah. which is which was awful, by the way. And it's aluminum, formaldehyde, for, to name just to name two things. Yeah. Um, but but if she could see what was going on, no, no, she would be outraged, and she would she would be screaming from the rooftops about. Well, neither what was going uh, Lyndon on. or myself I have medical degrees, and we're not doctors. We're not giving medical advice, but quite frankly, I for one uh, think you should be very careful about taking any of these uh, vaccines. Even Dr. Fauci is now saying it should be voluntary. <laughs> what? What? Listen, I, I'm a not a doctor. No. But I'm not stupid. Right. And what could possibly go wrong with a government agency who's hidden everything since the beginning of time right. tell you to go get a shot in your arm of something that you don't know what it contains? And then really? the President of the United States saying he's beginning to lose his patience. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, and, and, the, and one of the reasons that this is um, in the forefront right now is because we've got this this virus coming over from China because they, they're looking to, to push this again. And, right. and um, anyway, it, it's... Maybe. Dr. Malone was absolutely awesome in this video, and I anybody who wants to get it, um, I can send it to Bob, and, and he can push it out. But it it was awesome. I'm going to yeah. send it out to all, everybody on my list. Outstanding. Before I let you go, uh, we've watched uh, Tucker Carlson and his— Tucker is the best. Oh, my goodness. His presentations and his interviews are just spectacular. And you know what's so cool about Tucker? Is that he's sitting in his cabin in the woods with this beautiful little stream flowing behind, behind out of the window, and he's just in this very calm place. And he comes out with both barrels on so much of this stuff, which is great. I mean, he certainly has a full understanding, or good understanding, of a lot of things that uh, are not making the news. And uh, I, for one, just I just encourage our listeners uh, make sure that you uh, tune in to Tucker Carlson's. Uh, he's on X. It used to be called uh, Tucker on. Uh, well, it's still called Tucker on. Well, it's called Tucker on X now. But um, a friend of ours can actually get it on TuckerCarlson.com uh, later. But I, I'm anybody who who has access to Twitter or or um, TuckerCarlson.com, listen to his podcast because they are amazing. And I, I have a, we have a friend who um, didn't know. I, I just recently sent her the one that was uh, Tucker with Roseanne Barr, which was awesome. Yeah. And she says, oh, send me everything you've got on Tucker Carlson. We, we miss him. And so I'm sending it. So, the, so his, he's, he gets like millions and millions of views, but I'm looking to increase it even more and more because he's just so make, good. Make, make it easy for you. Go to TuckerCarlson.com, but you also just go to Twitter and just do a search for Tucker Carlson. All these episodes have come up and you get Some of them are 10 minutes long, eight minutes long. One of them I, I, I know is a, over an hour and a half. Uh, so they're not time-bound in any way, but uh, nevertheless, the information is just superb. So I hope you take advantage of by, that. By the way, the, the one that did last night was on John Kerry and, and um, how they're misleading the whole wide world about this climate change hoax. And, and, and his, the basic um, message was, they hate you. Yeah. These people hate hate humanity. They just hate humanity, and they're looking to do everything they can to make to either kill you or make your lives more miserable. Well, they're doing a good job, Linda. Just appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. 
uh, and really appreciate your listening in. If you enjoy the show, I hope you'll pass the word on to your friends. That's one of the ways that we support our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. We've got great guests lined up for tomorrow's show, including Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>